I assumed that this ship was merely a transport, but I realize it is much more than that. This is your home. You looking to move in? Captain, would it be rude of me to request a tour of your ship? Well, the airlock is down there if you want to see yourself out. Show me around. I insist. No. Hera, don't. Mandalorian. You of all should trust me. For did I not once rule your people? Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 522, Top 5 Disney-Era Ships. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Poe Dameron to my BB-8, we've got Carl LeClaire. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll come back for you. <laughs> That's some good BBAs. Happy beeps. Yeah, happy beeps, Bubby. <laughs> happy beeps, Bubby. Buddy. Gosh, why can't I say buddy? There we go. Um, <laughs> Jason, so excited to kind of round out this trilogy of episodes, if you will, talking all Star Wars ships. This has been so fun. Yes. Uh, yes, I've been very excited about this, and um, I, I will. I will freely admit that part of my desire to want to do our top five ships in the first place uh, when we first started talking about this is because I am absolutely loving the micro galaxy line of toys mm. that are coming out. Probably my favorite toy line at the moment. Um, so the fact that we're talking about all these different ships is just making me want to go, Ooh, can I get that one? Can I buy that one? <laughs> did they? Make um, that one? <laughs> so did they even make that one? Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> So uh, this this trio of episodes might put me out a little bit of money that I wasn't initially exp- um, planning to spend, but that's okay. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know what is life without Star Wars ships? Uh, not a life worth living. Worth no, that's oof, that's a no. little too intense. But uh, it's not a life as fun. Right. <laughs> it's not a life as fun. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And I mean, let's be honest, we're, we're getting to the point in in society where we might actually have flying cars and things like that yeah, in the not finally. distant future. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so 80s. we just have to have them all designed like Star Wars speeders and starships and stuff like that. And that would make me very happy indeed. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we are going to continue uh, rounding out this conversation around our favorite Star Wars ships by looking at every, you know ships from the sequel trilogy, Rebels, Bad Batch, video games, anything in the Disney area. Disney era is fair game. Uh, Jason and I were kind of talking the last couple of weeks off air just about how kind of unfortunately the sequel trilogy for the most part didn't give us a ton of new Star Wars ships, right? Like we get a lot of X-Wings and TIE Fighters, but we've kind of seen those before. Um, that's right. not to say that they couldn't be on the list. Uh, but there, but the, all of that said, there are some really awesome 
ships from the Disney era that we are excited to talk about. Um, Jason, I believe I made you kick it off last week, so I will do the honors yes. this week to to continue our conversation. And I am going to take us to um, really the only – you know, it's funny, Jason. In the last couple of weeks, both of us have been – our lists have been prevalent like the good guy ships, right? Like both with the right. prequels, yes. uh, certainly with the originals. I think, you know, I had the executor – uh, on my list last week, but I think that was the only uh, like imperial type ship in in, in our list. Did you have the Lambda class shuttle? I did. That's right. It was an honorable here. mention for me. Yeah, that's right. Good point. Um, but yeah. all that to say, my first ship for 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 the um, Disney era is Kylo Ren shuttle. I really really love the look mm. of of the the in. Uh, of his shuttle, which is an um, Upsilon class shuttle. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, I did a little bit of Wikipedia for the, some of these ships. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and come to find out, you know, in, in, in Force Awakens, when we first see his shuttle, uh, it kind of just appears to be his own personal transport. But if you've re- watched Resistance, the, the cartoon series, uh, we see that these are actually like similar to the Lombada class shuttle in you know the original trilogy. These are just kind of the the shuttles that transport higher ups in the first order. Um, also, if you haven't watched Star Wars Resistance, watch it. It is amazing. I love that show. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I just really love the design of of the Kylo Ren shuttle. Um, in part, you know, it's it's kind of a neat inversion of the Lombada class shuttle, right? The, like shuttle Tiderium, it's got the, the wings down. Kylo's wings go up, um, and and I love the black coloring of it. It just it reminds me of like a bird of prey, just you know, just dropping out of the sky onto its prey, which is very Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it there's yeah. just something very menacing about the look of of this shuttle, and you know, and and to that end. Just thinking about where we first see it in Force Awakens when it kind of drops out of the sky and descends into, you know, onto Jakku to, to you know, in, in that opening battle. There's just something so menacing of like, oh, gosh, here comes this bird of prey to just swoop down and dis- destroy everything in its path. Um, and even though it's not a, a, a weapon of war, per se, right, it's not really designed to be a combat fighter. There's just something so menacing about it because, you know, whoever's in there is up to no good. Um, so yeah, that is, right. that is the first ship on my list is, is the, I'm just calling it Kylo Ren's uh, shuttle, even though I know that it's used by lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, he's the one, the most famous one to use it. That's for sure. Uh, and it, it does, it looks, it's like some sort of condor or vulture yeah. that's sort of just gliding through the sky, uh, coming down to, to eat, uh, and feast upon its victims, you know. And of course, it, it's that's the shuttle that's you know hovering there on crate when mm. you know he's yelling more, more <laughs> when he has the entire first order army shooting at Luke Skywalker. Um, but uh, which is the greatest scene in that movie um, that, that Luke walking out? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but no, it's, it's a great, it's a great shuttle. Um, definitely intimidate, more intimidating than the shuttle Tidarium. I will definitely give it that for sure. (laughs) Um, my number five, uh, we're going to go to a video game, which I almost never do because I'm not very well versed in video games most of the time. However, 
Um, having played through Jedi Fallen Order twice in the hype for Jedi Survivor, which I still would love to play but can't yet because I don't have a PS5, um, is the Mantis. Uh, the Mantis is the main ship that you you fly on in Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Um, and it's, it's crewed by... Uh, Gosh, why am I just blanking on everybody's name now that I'm wanting to talk about it? Um, but you know, it, uh, what, what, what is his name? The pilot? I'm sorry. No, you're good. The I, pilot, yes. Yeah, uh, I can see his face and his great little mutton yep, chops. Yep, I can see his face. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> and, and hear him telling me to get in, sit in your chair. We're about to land, you know. Um, it begins with a G. I can't. Anyways. Um, or... Sorry, uh, it's going to bug me uh, until I find it. I'm looking it up. Grease, Grease Dritus. Yeah. Like, I know it's a G. I couldn't remember. Yes, but Grease Dritus. I, I am sorry, folks. I, that was terrible podcasting, but <laughs> there you have it. Um, but Grease is the pilot of the Mantis. It's his ship. Uh, I love this thing. It's It looks very sleek. Um you know, just uh, the, the the bow of it and everything. And then, of course, it's got that massive, highly impractical, but really cool fin um, that is part of the design. You know, it's got the fin on one end and the, the smaller engine that sort of looks like a kind of like a pod racer engine on the other side. And that it, you know, rotates around as needed. It's it's a really cool design and I, I love the look of it. Um Plus, you know, inside, you know, you've got a kitchen and a whole terrarium and everything like that that you can populate with the seeds that you find from everywhere. Um, so you can grow like little plants and yeah. uh, and all that fun stuff. So it's it's a really nice homey place, obviously, and it, it is it is your home mm-hmm. for the the game. Um, you know, like the Millennium Falcon, like some other ships that we're going to end up talking about, um, <laughs> but. Uh, it's it's number five because it I I just I, I don't know. I, I love I really like the look of it. It's a really cool design uh and a really cool um concept, I think, with the, the big fin and the, the engine that kind of rotate kind of B wing like that mm-hmm. rotate. Yeah. Uh depending yeah, yeah. on what, what you want to do um and where you're you're looking to go. So Yeah. Uh well I love that you bring this in as your number five. It's my number four. Um, is, is the mantis. Um, and you know, Jason, it's really funny that it's on my list because I've not played either game. (laughs) I, I, uh, I started playing fallen order. Uh, my buddy Greg was very, very kind and, and bought me the game a couple of years ago. Uh, I just, I just really struggle with video games. I'm not much of a video game person. Um, and I started it and as soon as things started getting a little complex, I'm like, yeah, I'm all set. Like that, that's why I love Super Nintendo <laughs> games. Cause it's like, just go right and press two buttons. Like I was, I was a huge fan of that. <laughs> I'm pretty simple minded <laughs> when it comes to video games. Um, but all that said, like I have watched the cutscenes, right? Like I've watched the story and I love it. And I also read, uh, Jedi Battle Scars, which is, you know, Sam's, Sam Mag's book that takes place between the two video games. And of course we spent a lot mm-hmm. of time on the Mantis. And, you know, like you said, Jason, it, it's a, it is, it is that home base. Like it's quite specifically when you're playing mm-hmm. the game. I mean, it's kind of in between missions. It's where you go back to. You go back to the Mantis to, to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of debrief, to break things down. 
um, it's it's the home base. I, I, and I love that aspect of when ships kind of serve in that. And that, that is a theme that is going to run th- throughout my list <laughs> in this week's episode. Um, but um, yeah, also like the Mantis is a it's technically like a luxury yacht. So it's it's model ship. It's an yes. S-161 Stinger luxury yacht. That's the name. Like that's the model of ship it is. So it is actually kind of a, a, a fancy little ship. Um, and you know, the, the whole like big towering wing thing, uh, it, it elicited to me, like the first time I saw it, I was like, Oh, it kind of looks like the invisible hand, you know, general Grievous's ship in, in episode three, um, just kind of reminded me like it had this spire. I mean, it's, it's not a spire, but it kind of just design wise reminded me of that. Um, and, and to the point you made earlier, right? Like there's uh grease is like, he grows plants on it. it it's a very, Yes. In a lot of ways, it's meant to be kind of the self-sufficient ship because the Mantis, within the context of, of its stories, is really meant to be a home among the stars, as if you couldn't land anywhere for too long because the crew is being hunted. Um, so it's it's this safe haven where they literally even grow their own lives, not livestock, livestock or animals. Uh, they grow their own food source, though, um, so that they can be safe among the stars. Um and and what I can speak to more specifically is I, I mean I actually read Battle Scars I, I really enjoyed that that novel by Sam Maggs and uh, we get a little bit of a more in depth view of some of the different you know uh, parts of the ship and and where folks choose to kind mm-hmm. of quarter on the ship um, and I like that uh, Cal himself kind of chooses to sh- sleep near the engines because he likes to be near the 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 heartbeat of the ship if you will. Uh, so, you know, yeah. it, it, there's this sense of individuality on the ship as well that I really appreciate. Yeah, it's it's super cool. Uh, and definitely looking forward to eventually playing Jedi Survivor so I can get back on that ship. Just part of the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I but, think what, go, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I think what will finally get me because I mean, I finally bought a PS4 just to play Battlefront 2 uh, or excuse me to buy battle to play Battlefront when it was first released for PS4, right? Like the new version. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I'm starting to lean towards the fact that I might finally upgrade to to PS5 for Outlaws, which is coming out next year because that game looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and that's really when I'm, I, I, but even still, like I, I, I was talking to our buddy, Joe Hogan, who's a who's a huge video game uh, person. Uh, I was like, all right, if I struggled with fallen order, will I like survivor? He's like, no. And I was like, great. Thanks. That's all I needed to know. And he, I mean, he loved the game, but he's like, <laughs> if you, if, if, he was like, if you didn't like the, the, like the complexity of puzzles and fallen order, it, there's just more of it in, in the next game. So he's like, I love that mm-hmm. stuff. But if that's not for you, it's not it's not a game for you. And I was like, OK, cool. Well, I'll watch the story. So <laughs> um, that works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. you know, to be fair, Jason, like to, to to what you said right before you introduced it as well. It's rare that we have a video game thing on anything because neither of us are big video game folks. Um, so the fact that a right. game that you know you've you've played you've played the game, but other than that, we've really just watched the stories and read the book. Uh, the fact that it's cool enough to make the list, I think, is still indicative of what a great ship it is. Yeah, it it's really awesome. And uh, if you're going, I don't know what this is. You look it up. It's a really cool ship, yeah. uh, the Mantis. So yeah, uh, but uh, it's on to my number four, right? Yes, indeed. Excellent. Well, um, I, I'm a little surprised that this is uh, as low on my list as it is. 
Uh, but we're going to go ahead and say Mando's modified N1 Starfighter uh, nice. is my number four. Nice. Uh, obviously, it's the normal Naboo N1 Starfighter uh, is quite possibly my favorite ship in all of Star Wars. Um, it's at least very high on my list. It's high. It's very high to quote <laughs> K2SO. Yeah, I, um, I was just thinking that. Um, but, uh, the, the modified, uh, version, I, I really enjoy as well. Obviously it's, it's great. Cause it's got like the little, uh, canopy bubble for, uh, Grogu and, you know, the extra speed capabilities and all the, the cool little, um, modifications and customizations that Peli helped Mando, uh, install on this thing. Um, it's really cool just to, to watch him zip around in it and, you know, fight pirates or TIE fighters or whatever in it. Um, I think the only reason I, part of why I think the, the standard N one I like more than the modified one is because I like the color scheme of the standard better than just the, the straight silver of uh, Mando's. But of course, yellow would not be Mando's color. Let's just be very <laughs> honest with that. Very uh, true. He needs to blend in a little bit more, even though he's got a super fast, sleek looking ship. Um, but just watching him, uh, let's be honest. One of the best scenes in that Starfighter is him playing hide and seek among the asteroids as he blasts pirate fighters out of the sky. Uh, mm. in the opening episode of season three of the Mandalorian. So, um, that, uh, that's probably my favorite moment with this ship, but it, it's just, it's a really fun nod to, you know, one of my favorite ships out there. Uh, and it's always kind of fun and amusing to see the Mandalorian, to see Din Djarin flying something that is, you know, based on a ship that's, at this point in the universe, so old, quote unquote. Mm. Um, but the fact that it still runs uh, like nothing is like nothing else is, is pretty awesome. It, it It's a super cool ship and uh, having that, you know, having that be his quote unquote home, not home base because he's, you know, trying to settle, but his, his ride to get around the galaxy is pretty freaking cool. So, yeah. Um, I, I had a feeling this would be in your top five list. It's, it's, it's an honorable mention for me. Um, and, and the only, it, I think the reason it, it, it lands there uh, and we'll get to honorable mentions in, in a minute here, but um, I'll mention it now since you're talking about it. It's great. Like I love the N one, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite ships in star Wars as well. Um, and it was really cool to kind of bring that back to let it, let it be this kind of central thing. Um, I think my, my only thing with it is it, it, and this is true of a lot of Disney era stuff is, uh, just, just leaning a little too much into nostalgia, like make a new ship for goodness sake. Um, I, that's, I mean, I love the N one also, it's not practical for what Din Djarin does. Like he's a bounty hunter. Where the hell are you going to put anybody? <laughs> you know, if you're out there capturing people, where are you going to put them? Strap them outside. <laughs> like it, it's so impractical. Um, 
so, but to counter that, I'll say how much I love the Grogu bubble. Uh, you know that they yes. that Peli swaps out the droid spot for a little gl- you know globular device so that Grogu can be in there. I, I love that so much, and I and I love the the close intimacy of what Grogu and Din are going to get to share in there. But uh, it, you know he's he's still part of the bounty hunters guild by the end of uh, season one. So foreseeably in the future, he's going to go back to bounty hunting. Uh, how's he going to do that with that ship? It, it makes zero sense. So that's why it kind of got pushed to the honorable mention for me is while it looks really cool, it's completely impractical for what Din Djarin I mean, had to do. This is Din's sports car. So yeah. he's going to get the SUV to go along with it later on. Don't worry <laughs> about it. But this is right now he's riding the sports car. So he must be able to put the top worry down. About it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad it's on your list. Um, yeah. So well, what about uh, you? What's uh, we're not on to number three, right? Yeah. So we'll stay with our boy Din because my number three is the Razor Crest, um, nice. which is technically an ST70 class Razor Crest. Uh, so right out the gate, Jason, I'm just going to say the name confusion really like I, I was so confused in the very first episode of Mandalorian. Right. Um, we get uh, the Mithril saying, is that a Razor Crest? But it's also the name of a ship. So. I think what it just reveals is that Din Djarin is not a particularly creative individual. He doesn't care about naming his ship. No. He just calls it the like that would be like me rolling up and be like, "This is my this is my car, the Corolla," and it's like that's just what it is. <laughs> like, you know right? What I mean? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah. all that said, yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, creativity uh, is all spent in his armor. He doesn't have yes. any more. Uh, yeah. For the ship. Yep. Yeah. He 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 kind of exhausted himself when he when he finished modding his his armor. Um, but uh, something I did, again like I did just a quick little read through the Wikipedia article today, um, and something I never knew, which while reading that, which I thought was really neat, was so when Favreau was doing early designs for you know the the Mandalorian ship, he told Ryan Church, and Ryan Church has been a primary designer in the Disney era of Star Wars ships. That he wanted it to look or feel like an A10 Warthog, which is a you know American kind of like mm. mix between like a fighter and a bomber. Um, yes, and uh, so that's that's kind of what the inspiration was for, and and, and I just like that because again, you know, going back to the original stories, George very much created a lot of the starships to look kind of like look and feel like World War II aircraft because that was a you know big big set of interest for George. Uh, so I thought that was really cool to know that Favreau specifically said, like, hey, the A-10 Warthog, like, that's a really cool plane. Kind of design it off of that. Um, but even before I knew that, what what was it, the quickest thing that kind of drew me to the Razor Crest was how much it reminded me in looks to the the Republic gunship, right? The LA, the, the LAT, mm. if you will. Uh, there's just something about its body and those, you know, the twin engines like that. It just kind of reminded me a little bit of the, the Republic gunship from from the Clone War era. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I like it because it's like a lot of freighters in star Wars that we get to spend any amount of time with or time on. They're meant to be like, you're right. Like this is home base. Like this is Din's house, <laughs> if right. you will. And yes. it really elicits his character insofar as how, you know, kind of sparse it is, you know, there's not much to it. Uh, it's got the tiniest little bunk bed. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's very, <laughs> 
it's very monastic feeling, right? It, it fits his sense of what it means for him to be a Mandalorian, right? As a chill, as a child of the watch, you know, uh, the only thing that really matters to you is your armor. Everything else is kind of secondary and, and his ship feels very much like it is, it supports kind of this aesthetic lifestyle that Din has chosen for himself. Um, yeah. and, and I think that just, it, it, it's a really neat little way of indicating that also the razor crest is the very first time we've ever seen a toilet in star Wars. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, which I just, I got a kick out of it. That very first episode. I was like, is, is, is that, a, is that a toilet? And yep, it sure is. Um, but uh, yep. the the scene that the, the the thing with the razor crest, which told me how much I really liked it, is in uh, you know season two, the episode "The Tragedy," when Moff Gideon shoots one blast from his light cruiser that destroys it. Um, that scene is it's just it's really heartbreaking. Like the way Din kind of runs up onto the bluff to just like look down at the wreckage, you get the sense of like he just lost his house, right? Like that was mm-hmm. that was everything to him it, it was such a part of his identity um and i like that because when star wars ships have that kind of connection to a character it makes the ship feel alive too right like the razor crest is an extension right. of din's character and when he watches it get destroyed like that you're like oh part of him was just taken away so it, you know it made the razor crest feel even more like somebody's house uh and, and i appreciated it for that right Absolutely. Um, well, I'm I'm going to have thoughts on this, but I'm going to save them for later. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I will go to is another very much uh, World War II plane uh, inspired craft, uh, and that is being the resistance bomber, the MG 100 star fortress that we get at the beginning of, uh, the last Jedi. Um, and the, it is probably one of the, other than like the Radis and mm. the other, um, the other cruisers that we see get destroyed. Basically, uh, it's, one of the the only like really new designs from the resistance that we get. And it's a really cool one. I really like the star fortress. Uh, the, the, just the name in particular gives it the idea that this wasn't designed to be like a, a, a major <laughs> what they're using them for in the movie to like do a, a, a racing strike against the dreadnought. Um, isn't necessarily what they're designed for. Uh, they're probably more designed for like bombing from an upper atmosphere onto land targets rather than racing across space to hit large capital ships. Um, that's not what they're designed for. However, it's all the re- the resistance has at this point. So the star fortress will have to do, um, but just the, the, all the, you know, the different gun turrets and, and, uh, gun bubbles and the the fact that the entire like lower section is just lined from top to bottom with bombs is super cool uh and i really like that it it has sort of the the feel of simultaneously a a world war ii bomber and a submarine Mm. um depending on which angle you're looking at it uh so it's really I really just like the design of it. It's really cool. And the functionality of it 
uh, and the way that it was it was used was really fun. I, I did enjoy it um, quite a bit uh, seeing it there at the beginning of of the movie uh, racing across to do its uh, its fail well not failed but doomed run against the dreadnought um, because we lost all of them. Yeah, they all got blown up by the end. Yeah. Um, so suicide bombing, uh, essentially, <laughs> uh, not intended, but right. it's ultimately what happened. But uh, no, there's a really cool ship, um, I think, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing them again. Um, but definitely, definitely one that has always sort of sat in my mind as one of my favorite ships from the sequel trilogy. Period. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, the fact that it's called a Star Fortress is pretty awesome, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a, yes. <laughs> that's a great name for a, for a starship. Uh, I, and you know, I love that you called it kind of a submarine type style too. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Like it, mm-hmm. there, especially like the top half, it, it does have a very, like, oh, I could see this cruising through, you know, the ocean depths, if you will. Uh, um, right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, again, in the sequel trilogy, it's one of the few kind of original designs um you know again we get a lot of x-wings a-wings tie fighters y-wings you know uh, the the star fortress bomber is one of the few new things created for the sequel trilogy um yeah i love it's actually it's it's another one of my honorable mentions (laughs) um you know i i really like the look and the design of this thing uh uh, you know i don't don't really have much to add to what you said uh, you know um i totally agree that it's it does also very much feel like it's elicited from the sense of a world war two, you know, bombing aircraft. Um, so yeah, right. it's a great looking ship. Indeed. Uh, so that's number three, Carl, we're on to number two. We are indeed. Uh, my number two ship is the Marauder from Bad Batch. Um, it is nice. a modified Omicron class attack shuttle. Uh, the first time I saw it, it just there was something about it that kind of reminded me of kind of like a stealth ship, you know, um, and 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 that's kind of what it's mm-hmm. for, you know. It's 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 a modified version of of a shuttle because it belongs to the Bad Batch, right? They're not going to just fly your everyday run of the mill shuttle. They have a particular type of attack craft, you know. I love that the the um the shape of the kind of the main part is very angular, right? It's a, it's a very sharp angle as if, you mm-hmm. know, it's meant to just dive in, get the mission done and take you right out. You know, it, it's, it is very stealthy and it's very physical design. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, but, but the reason I love the ship, Jason, why it's been endeared to me so much is because it's that thing that we've talked a lot about in the last, you know, a lot in the last couple of weeks with talking about Star Wars ships is it's a home, you know, and and what I love about it is the fact that this is a this is a specifically type of ship that is not designed for that function. Right. Like you think of the Falcon, you think of, um, you know, uh, the Mantis even. Right. Like these are like freighter class ships that could very much be, you know, a home base. This is an attack. Shuttle. Right. It's it's its purpose is for war and for stealth and for attack. But it gets turned into a home by the Bad Batch crew. 
Um, and I think yes. it's it's kind of this really beautiful reminder that just because something was designed for for a particular purpose, it doesn't mean that it can't be repurposed based on whomever inhabits it, right? You know, it, and and it's the perfect type of ship for the Bad Batch because you know, much like the crew of the Mantis, they're going to become a group of people that are being hunted. They're on the run. They need to stay one step ahead of the Empire that's hunting them, and this is the perfect type of ship for that because. It is kind of designed to not be caught. <laughs> um, right. But at the same time, if they're going to use the ship to stay safe, they also inevitably turn it into their to their house. Uh, um, and right. uh, whenever we get scenes on board the Marauder, uh, just there's something about the the design of of its control boards. You know, it it, it just looks very classic Star Wars. Like it, it looks like a lot of the computers and the things that you see on board the Death Star and A New Hope. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and that's obviously on purpose. Um, so even just being in that space, you're like, yeah, this is just like a classic Star Wars ship design. Um, but it becomes so much more. Um, and and I think my probably my favorite scene with with the marauder is in that first season when wrecker turns kind of the back turret into a little bedroom for omega um right like it it, that scene really does make it pretty clear and plain as day this is our house and here's here's omega's bedroom (laughs) you know uh and he does that up very sweetly for her and you know and 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 as this the first season goes on and into the second season, it, it's very clear that this ship is exactly that. This is, this is their home among the stars. Um, and, and I really like that. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention is there's a, a great little deleted scene from uh, technically the final season of clone wars where the bad batch is introduced. It's from the episode distant echo. And uh, they had a pinup of Padme on the nose of the ship. Um, and, uh, if you've never seen this little clip, it's it, again, it's only a kind of early concept design cause they never finished it cause they chose to delete the, the scene from the episode, but they have, you know, like a lot of world war two aircraft, right? Like specifically bombers, they would put like these pinup girls on them and stuff. And the bad batch put this pinup painting of Padme, like sitting in a very sultry position. Um, and there's Orabesh that says, uh, Oh, shoot. I forgot what it said. I think it's like born to win or something like that or born to fight something of that nature. Um, but when Anakin sees it as they're about to board it, he is not pleased. <laughs> um, and he says as much to, to Rex when they're about to get on board. But I just I found that really funny because, again, you know, uh, it. And then the, a couple of the Bad Batch crew, like Wrecker, says something. He's like, yeah, she can negotiate with me anytime, <laughs> you know, um, like something very <laughs> right? crass and ridiculous. But, uh, but again, you know, going back to, you know, Star Wars ships from their get go, were always kind of modeled after World War Two aircraft. I mean, this was a big thing done mm-hmm. in World War Two um, is I mean, we we even get uh, like you know, some of the, the pinup like Twi'leks and stuff on some of yeah. the, the gunships during that's the Clone true. Wars. Yep. So, yeah. And that's clearly inspired from our own world with what was done with World yep. War II bombers. Um, so, yeah. So the Marauder is my number two. No, that, that's a great ship. It didn't actually make my list, um, which is a little strange, but uh, I I do really like it. it. It reminds me a bit of like, um, a falcon, like when it swoops mm. down to like you yeah. know grab every you know 
you know, s- you know, swoops down to like pick up, you know, all or the bad batches. They're racing out of somewhere, you know, hot the, with enemies hot on the heels, and it just swoops down like like a falcon, uh, just ready to grab its prey a little bit. It, it's it's a really cool ship, and and I do like. You know, it, it's obviously very much designed for military use, mm-hmm. but still within it, they're they're able to make a little bit of a of a home feel, especially for uh, for Omega. That's true, and I do love it because you know she continues to decorate up that little turret area, and then whenever things are going bad and someone has to jump into the turret to start firing. You still see, <laughs> like, drawings on the wall or, like, the lights hanging uh, it's, you know, and stuff like that uh, as they're trying to, to blast their way out of one more uh, dramatic situation after another. So it's a very cool ship, and I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, in use again. And I will say I have almost bit the bullet a, f- a few times on buying the the micro galaxy version of it um it looks really good i didn't know they made a micro galaxy version of it i have a uh like yes uh, i can't remember what, it's like the hot wheels version or something right like the smaller version i definitely have that version of it mm-hmm. and it's really cool i didn't know they made a micro galaxy oh, got squadron one yes they have and Ooh. it looks really good cool. so you should you should look you i should, should look into that investigating Carl. yeah exactly oh uh, um well what is your number two my number two, and I'm going to preface this by saying you know, most of my list is pretty well solidified. However, my number one and my number two could flip on any given day, depending on my mood or what I've been watching or, or you know anything like that. So I just want to say number one and number two are almost identical, <laughs> and I had to just make a choice as to which one I was going to put where. Um but number two is going to be the ghost, um, which, you know, from Star Wars Rebels, everybody knows the ghost. And it's it's made its appearance uh, in, in Rogue One. It's made its appearance in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, it keeps showing up, uh, you know, all over the place. And we, we've seen it uh, in, in many different places. And we'll probably continue to see it. Obviously, we're going to... We should probably see it in Ahsoka. Um, if we don't, I'm going to be very confused because we've got, you know, the ghost crew, most of them there. Uh, we've so why wouldn't we we've already seen it in trailers. Then, well, there's a, a new TV trailer that it's it's flying right in plain sight. So, oh, I haven't seen it, the yeah. TV trailer. So, yeah, 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 it's in there. Good, good, good. I, I mean, I know we had the Phantom. We saw the Phantom, mm. uh, which is the little, you know, es- escape shuttle. Um, that attaches to the ghost. So I, I love the, the this ship. Um, it's obviously uh, a fast, uh, not not flexible. Um, yeah, flexible is isn't quite the word I'm looking for, but it, it's it's uh, able to do a lot of different things. Um, it can take a punch if it needs to. It's got good shields, good armor. It can deal a lot of damage <laughs> obviously that's got plenty of cannons uh it can be a cargo ship it can uh be a stealth ship uh it can do just about anything that Hera wants it to do mm-hmm. um <laughs> and but that's not the most important part of it um obviously 
most important part of it is the fact that it is a home base. And, you know, again, uh, we're having a theme here uh, running around. uh, And it really is that home base for the crew of the ghost with Hera, Kanan, Ezra, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper. Uh, And it's what keeps them, you know, keeps them together and it gets them uh, from one place to another. And it's the place that they're able to live because, you know, being a rebel cell, and especially as we get further into rebels where they're on and off Lothal all the time, mm-hmm. you know, Lothal, especially in the first season, is kind of their home. But after Darth Vader shows up at the beginning of season two, uh, they they don't really aren't really able to stay on Lothal as often as they would like. Um, and so the ghost really becomes an important place, an important gathering point. And the, it, it really is almost another character in and of itself. Um, you know, much like the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and personally, I prefer the ghost over the Millennium Falcon, which is uh, almost a terrible thing to say. Almost. Uh, but <laughs> I, I like the design um, and the uh, of the ship a little bit more, I think, than the design of the Falcon. Um, but just the everything that happens. And, and obviously, I think one of the things I do like, the little details I really like about the ghost um, is Sabine's art that she you mm. know keeps adding as she yeah. tells the stories again and again as they, you know... Uh, uh, have adventures or misadventures um, and she keeps painting and, and drawing and, and adding the stories to the walls of the ghost um, is just one of those things I I've always enjoyed. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a great ship. I'll, uh, I'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, before we get to our number ones, then Jason, uh Let's let's just shout out our honorable mentions here real quick. I mean, I've already talked about two of mine. Of course, the uh, the Star Fortress bomber, you know, the the bomber we see at the beginning of Last Jedi. Mando's N1 modified fighter is certainly one that I really enjoy. But the last one I'll mention for myself is the U-Wing, uh, which, of course, is introduced mm-hmm. in Rogue One. Um, I, just, I just really like it as being kind of this, uh, you know, troop uh, ground assault vehicle ultimately is what it's designed for. Uh you know, I, I went through a period in high school where I was really into World War II history and, you know, just those those kind of like landing craft that the, you know, the Allied forces used to like land on, you know, Normandy Beach and then Iwo Jima throughout the World War II campaigns where you had to get troops on board. Uh, the Ewing kind of reminds me of that. It doesn't doesn't really look like it. It doesn't need to, but it, it kind of serves that same purpose. It's this drop ship that's meant to kind mm-hmm. of come in under enemy fire and drop off troops for for ground assault. Uh, so I thought the right. U-Wing was really cool. And I like the fact that it, like, you know, its its wings can kind of go back and forward. I thought that was just a really neat yeah. design. So th- yeah. those that, are my honorable it's a, mentions. <laughs> it's a very Star Wars aspect of the U-Wing. You know, obviously we, the X-Wing and the B-Wing have the wings that open and close. So the U-Wing having those wings that kind of do a similar thing. Uh, definitely a very Star Wars thing. Yeah. Um, no, those are great picks. Uh, my honorable mentions weirdly all came from Rogue One. Mm. Um, so I was a little surprised when that happened, but there you have it. Um, the first one I want to mention is, is the only, uh, 
bad guy ship I have on my list. Uh, it's the Imperial Zeta class cargo shuttle, which is the shuttle that uh, the rebels steal in order to go down to Scarif. Um, it's the big shuttle with like the oh yeah um, the, the four, four wings, wings yeah. that kind of the two at the front and the two at the back that can fold up, mm-hmm. you know, much like a you know the shuttle Tidarium and that sort of thing. But I think one of the things I really enjoy about it is like when the wings are down in flight position is the ship looks like a whale mm, flying through yeah. through space. So cool. it kind of has, which is nice, you know, you know, reference maybe a little bit to Pergil. Um, but just even from our own world, it looks a little bit like a whale kind of just, especially when it, it drops down through the shield and it kind of just starts heading, you know, tipping nose down towards the planet. Um, there's a, a shot there that always makes me think of like a whale diving down into the depths a little bit. So, um, and I've always been a fan of whales. So <laughs> that's, that's the connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other one, uh, other ones I really enjoy are the hammerhead core, mm. which is very similar to the rebel blockade runner, which is one of my favorite ships from the original trilogy. Talked about that last episode. Great moment. Uh, in the battle as it, you know, it pushes one Star Destroyer into another. And then uh, Radis's ship, command ship, the Profundity. Um, I, I Just having another Mon Calamari starship there. Uh, Radis being one of my favorite characters from Rogue One already puts it high on my list. The fact that it has such a name, like the Profundity, uh that seems to fit Radis very well. Um, all of that together just makes it a great ship. And I, I do like the, the interesting aspect of it, that the command center is like in the spire down underneath the ship. It's kind of a, mm. uh, sort of an inversion of the invisible hand a little bit. Uh, it does have sort of a fin up top as well, but the command uh, center is in the bottom part of the fin um, underneath the ship. So, uh, yeah, it's just a kind of a neat little inversion there. Yeah. Apparently, I like ships with big fins. In, uh, <laughs> well, I, it goes with your, your and now whale. The yeah, your whale theme there, buddy. I, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> I, I I like big ships that look like whales. Apparently, yeah. Uh, Jason <laughs> likes big ships, and he cannot lie. You other <laughs> brothers may deny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so those are my honorable mentions. Um, and Carl. I I think it's time for your favorite ship from the Disney era. Yeah, and and honestly this would be easily in my top 5 list of Star Wars ships of, across all eras and it is in fact the Ghost. Um it's I mean it's it's everything the Falcon is as well and and you know mm-hmm. the other parts of the saga. It it and, and in a more in a more specific way, it's literally the host the house of the Ghost crew. Right. You know, mm-hmm. this is where Kane and Hera, Ezra, Sabine, uh, um, Chopper, Zeb and Chopper. Zeb live. Right. Like this is their house. And I yeah. think what really uh, shows us that is the fact that we get to actually spend time in their quarters. Right. You know, Sabine's got mm-hmm. all of her artwork up. You know, Kanan's got his very austere Jedi space. Um you know, uh, Zeb and Ezra are forced to share a bunk room together. And, uh, you know, it, 
they get into all sorts of sibling quarrels as a result, like when the the bunk gives out and lands on Zeb. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it, or the other way around. Because Chopper pulled yeah. out the pen. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it's the space where, like, I mean, there's a there's a silliness and a goofiness that the that the that these characters can get up to on board that ship because it is very much their safe place. It's the, it's the place where right. they can come to let their hair down, let their leku down. If you're Hera um, and, and really just be themselves. And, and, you know, we get to see so many of these like intimate little moments like that, right? Like, you know, Zeb and Ezra being at each other's throats, uh, you know, Kanan being mad at Ezra for going into his room <laughs> without permission. <laughs> you know, it, it, all of these things are things that I remember from my own childhood at the house I grew up in, right? Like sibling arguments with my brothers or going into my parents' room without permission and getting in trouble for it, you know, mainly looking for Christmas gifts. Um, you know, <laughs> so, you know, but it, it, there's all these little, these little moments that happen on the ghost that really do make you feel like this is their home. Um, and it really provides this profound sense of belonging. Um, uh, you know, and, and physically speaking, it's just a really cool looking ship. You know, we've talked about this yeah. a lot in the last couple of weeks, Jason. But another thing that reminds me of world like a World War Two plane, you know, the, the, these bubble turrets, these, you know, these glass yeah. bubble turrets are very much like a B-17 or a, uh, a B-24 bomber from World War Two. You know, uh, they're it's it's a fast kind of tanky ship, but it also needs to have these turrets to keep, you know, enemy fighters off its back. Um, right. And and you know, in comparison, really to the Falcon, because they're both Corellian desi- designs. Um, what kind of makes it stand apart from the Falcon is that it is a little bit bigger and is a little bit tankier. Uh, and and yeah. these things serve the Ghost very very purposefully because Hera needs a ship that is going to be able to take some punches, but also going to be very fast. You know, and those are two very necessary things to being a crew on the run. Um, you know, and, and to be fair, right. The, the, the ghost is a VCX 100, which Han Solo pretends to own when he's gambling with Lando and solo, you know, when he puts yep. his shit up, ship up against, um, Lando's YT 1300, he, he claims to have a VCX 100 and, uh, right. and even Lando says, woo, it's a fast ship, fastest in the galaxy. So according to Han Solo himself, a VCX 100 off market is a faster ship than the YT 1300. Um, now granted <laughs> that, Han that, get, when Han gets his hands on it, that's, it's probably a different story. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. That, <laughs> that there's been some special modifications he's made himself. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but one of my, you know, I think one of my favorite moments with the ghost is, uh, it's, it's, gosh, I think it's the, that kind of towards the end of the very second episode of the season of the first, first, first season, second episode, when Ezra chooses to go with them off of Lethal and he's sitting kind of in that belly turret, looking out at the stars as they're about to blast to light speed. Cause he's never been off planet before. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that was just such a very star Wars moment. And the ghost kind of becomes a literal vehicle of what a lot of star Wars is about. It's about sending characters into the stars, sending them into this sense of wonder and adventure. And the ghost is a very, uh, lovely space for this crew to kind of have those moments, uh, and that's that's why it's my number one. Yeah, uh, that's that's fantastic. I, I love it, and like I said, you know, on any given day, it could be my number one um, from the Disney era because it is it is such you know a fantastic ship. 
you know, both in terms of story, what it serves for the characters, and just as a cool ship um, in and of itself. However, for this episode, my number one is one that you've already mentioned. If you're and if you're following along, folks, you might have figured it out. Um, it is the Razor Crest. It is Mando's Razor Crest. Um, and for many of the 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 same things that we have said. Uh, about a lot of these ships, it is, you know, it's Mando's home away from home. Well, it literally is kind of his home um, while he's out bounty hunting. But it very, very sparse like he is. You know, all of his his focus and energy is put into the armor uh, and to uh, maintaining everything. It, it's very practical, has everything that he needs. Um, I like the fact that we have, you know, the carbon freezing apparatus inside there for uh, for captured prisoners. Um, and we basically get to see just about every nook and cranny of the ship throughout the two seasons. It's there. Um, so it's, it's not too big, not too small. And like you said, Carl, the, the fact that it is designed a bit after the a one, uh, the, excuse me, a 10 warthog, um, in our own, you know, world, uh, is already a bonus for me I think I mentioned this uh, in our prequel ship episode. The A-10 fleet for the Air Force is housed here in Arizona. Um, and so they're, they're a big deal, particularly in Tucson. Uh, so I, I'm a huge fan of the A-10 in and of itself. So the fact that we, we have something that is very much designed uh, off of that in Star Wars is something that I really love. And the, the, the aspects of it are the, the engines, the sort of engines that are kind of up into the side and the, uh, the front guns are very much a, a 10 inspired for sure. And the fact that it can take a beating and keep going, um, is also very much an a 10 thing. Uh, <laughs> there are plenty of stories about A-10s that have had like entire wings blown off and still made it back uh, to base. So um, that's, but that's neither here nor there. I'm I'm just gushing about something <laughs> Arizonans like to talk about apparently. Um, but uh, it's just one of those things where I didn't, you know, I, I was so comfortable with it and I really enjoyed it so much. I think one of my favorite moments of the, uh, the Razor Crest is um, season two episode. I believe it's episode four, the siege where he goes back to, uh, you know, visit Navarro Navarro. And uh, he, <laughs> he has to, he races off to go to the ship uh, as the, the Imperials are chasing the, the little ground transport um, and they're about to blast it. And then he swoops in to save the day in the, uh, in the razor crest razor crest and draws off the ties and does the move where he cuts the, the engines and lets it like mm. fall and turn and then kicks everything back in to blast the tie, uh, as he's falling like a stone in the sky, you know, out of the sky, right at it. One of my favorite moves that he ever pulled in that thing. And I didn't realize how much I had grown comfortable, just comfortable to having the ship there until it was blown up, like out of nowhere, blown up. Uh, and, I, and I think that was one reason why 
one reason why I'm still a little like tentative to like the N one so much is because the I, I didn't feel like the Razor Crest got a fitting goodbye because it was just sort of like and boom <laughs> out of nowhere just destroyed. Um, but I uh, I've always enjoyed it. I'm kind of hoping he gets another one down the line somewhere uh, because I would love to see the Razor Crest again. Yeah. Um, but I, in case you're wondering, folks, I'm I'm playing with my Micro Galaxies Razor Crest as we're talking. So if I'm a little <laughs> distracted, that's why. Um, but yeah, that's my number one. As I said, my number one, number two could switch on any given day. But today it's the Razor Crest. So. That's yeah, that's really cool. It doesn't, and, and I'm not like particularly surprised uh, that that's your your number one. Um, it's a great ship. It's a great ship. No question about it. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Uh, essentially, our top fifteen ships across all of the Star Wars eras. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just gonna listen to these episodes back to back to back, and you've got. All the ships, um, at least all of our favorites. But yeah, there's plenty of others out there, right? <laughs> and and as we've invited in the last couple of weeks, you know, if you're if you've been listening and uh, you want to share some of your favorite Disney era ships, uh, again, whether they were on the list or not, we we always welcome hearing whether folks uh, really enjoy in the Star Wars world. Absolutely, and uh, as you as you can tell, especially the last two weeks, not a lot of imperial or uh, or villain ships out on our list. So if you really like some of those, definitely let us know. Yeah. And uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on our picks or their picks, uh, where can people get in contact with us? Yeah, we are on Instagram at the Wampas Lair. You can also follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair, or you can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail Excellent. Anything else before we close out this episode? It's been great shipping with you, Jason. Excellent. Uh, prepare to make the jump to light speed. We are out. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 522, Top 5 Disney-era ships. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair.